0: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021, week 5, rankings, starts, sits, and debate, as always. Remember to smash the like button to the episode, subscribe to Mayo Media Network and that will be all you really need to do. You can sub to the audio podcast and leave a rating and review up there as well and become a member at runthesims.com. Go to runthesims.com slash mayo to get yourself a discount if you want to run your own projections, you want to run single game simulations, get a DFS optimizer, betting tools, it is all up there run the sims.com and if you like secret shows or stats like running back snap shares player notes all for free hit the description you will find the free link to sign up to the mayo media newsletter which comes out three times a week highly suggest you do that and you can get the spread show in there as well DraftKings listeners league link is now public it is available in the description just hit the description tons of stuff down there get your spot now because it tends to fill up by like thursday morning so if you want to play in a rake free contest the best tournament on DraftKings, suggest you do that right now. Jake Sealy from TheAthletic.com is here, as he has been every year for the past eight years. What's going on, man? Tired yet?
1: (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Just getting getting there. And I'm ornery because I already want to know why, Pat, why do you hate Saquon Barkley?
0: Do I hate Saquon Barkley?
1: Because you have him at six. You must hate Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah.
0: Just yeah. He's, he's the absolute worst. Oh, I'm doing a new thing. Cause I moved the waiver wire and recap show from Sunday evenings to early on Monday mornings. And I'm doing an advice feature at the end of it. So if you have some sort of not fantasy, football, if you send a fantasy football question to that account, I'm going to find your IP address and block you for life from everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be like a fun, like life advice segment where I give you terrible advice on your life advice. I actually got some good ones so far, but you can do that to Experience at gmail.com to get into that. Let's talk about the running back rankings, though. All of the updated rankings will be on dknation.com, and once again, you can find all of the links to those in the description. They change throughout the week once we get more injury news because there's a lot of guys that are up in the air, mainly at receiver this week, not so much running back, but you know, we'll see how it kind of plays out. Number one in the running back rankings is this French guy. Guy, Derek Henry he is uh, number one against Jacksonville then you have Zeke Eckler Aaron Jones Dalvin Cook that's the top five Saquon like you said I hate him he's number six in the running back rankings for the week Najee Harris Alvin Kamara Daryl Henderson at number nine Thursday night again at Seattle and then DeAndre Swift at number 10 Felt like running backs were a little bit easier to rank at the top end this week versus receivers. Can we start talking about receivers? There's a lot of like really good receivers who have, at least on paper, like not the greatest matchups in the world.
1: No, and yeah, we can talk about that when we get to there. The only one that I would probably push into your top 10 to bump out DeAndre Swift is Nick Chubb. He's at twelve. And I understand that Kareem Hunt's been a thing, but Nick Chubb is still a thing of his own right. Like Nick Chubb is still putting up RB1 numbers. And then there's always the week. Like, that's his floor with what Kareem Hunt's doing. And the ceiling is if he gets a little bit more work or he gets his touchdown. I, I love DeAndre Swift, and it is a great matchup against the Vikings. It's just when it came down to the trust factor, that's the only one outside your top ten. Would I have Barkley a little bit higher? Sure. That's nitpicking. we we spend not that much time on top 10 any given week because you're starting them and you're starting them and you're starting them all the way down through the 20s likely but uh that would be the only one i would just bump chubb and bump down swift but i don't even care if you push back and say i'm not changing that it's not that big of a deal to me
0: Yeah, he's still ranked as a running back one i'm good with it because you do have to factor it i know what he did last week was his floor but we see more floor performances than what we want out of nick chubb because of kareem hunt like Ideally, we want him to be Derrick Henry with Kareem Hunt playing a minor role, almost like what McNichols did last week against the Jets, where he's still going to get his 30 touches. He still gets his 20, but you just don't see... Basically, you need Chubb to break the big one because, honest to God, they need to stop using him at the goal line because it, it doesn't
1: work. <laughs> Chubb or Hunt?
0: Either the, 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 yeah, the Browns would be better committing a holding penalty from first and goal from the one yard line and just playing from the to 11. push
1: him back out to the yeah, 10. <laughs> they seem to be more
0: effective scoring from there. Like how many times have we seen this now with the Browns where they can't score from the one yard line. And then they get, I... then there's a penalty they get four more shots and then it takes them to the very end to score. If they score at all.
1: I was, I'm legitimately loud. Cause I'm remembering Sunday sitting here with my buddies and watching that. Cause that's on the side screen and watching that game and be like, they still have the ball like it's they how long have they been inside the, like other games that already changed possessions and they're still inside the five on that one attempt
0: and that remember i just maybe it's just two very specific examples but the exact same thing happened last year i want to say it was last against year. the rams or the bears i can't remember exactly who the opponent was but it was like and i think they gave the ball to nick Chubb like six times from the one yard line he yeah, because they it. had
1: penalties they got two first downs out of that. It was I, I want to say it was more than even six plays that they ran. I, don't, I don't know they gave. I know he was zero for six, but they had yeah, penalties and they got two first downs off that series.
0: Tough scene. I want to spend more time on tight ends today for the first time ever. So I don't. It's not like I want to skip on the okay. running backs. But you don't have any problems <laughs> with Henderson at number nine.
1: No, because the, this is one where I have been victory lapping Henderson because out of the entire running back crew from, again, another week when he's been healthy and questionable, headed into that game, one of five running backs with over 80% of that back, that backfield is his, no matter, like, if he's healthy, it's his, the only concern with Henderson, the only, and it's a warranted concern, but it's the same with Chris Carson, who's splitting more. Is Chris Carson's always been, he's great when he's healthy. Henderson's great. He just has to stay healthy. He deserves to be in the top ten.
0: He's healthy right now, so let's go with it. I'm still in on DeAndre Swift. Eventually, they're going to figure out to just really unleash him, but he's still getting the touches. He's still involved in the receiving game. Like his floor, especially even in half point PPR, I just find is so safe, and he has all of that upside. I think he's still running back five for the year, so it's not like yeah. he's bad by any means. It's just it's weird because when you think of DeAndre Swift, it's like oh Jamal Williams is going to be a, a pest to him, like maybe like a few weeks a year, like Williams will outscore him, but. Swift has been incredibly safe so far. So eleven to twenty, we got Clyde Edwards Elair against the Buffalo Bills. I just project so many points in that game that let's go. Just play, <laughs> every, play anyone you can.
1: Oh, great! So now we're gonna get thirteen to ten. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris against Houston. Jonathan Taylor against Baltimore on Monday night. Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, and yeah. Damian Williams. I currently have David Montgomery projected as out. That's why I have Damian Williams at number. 20, who is dealing with a quad issue, but apparently that's going to be okay. I told you something was up with Carson. I don't think he's healthy.
1: Mm, it's more than that. And that's why, uh, as you went through him, by the way, David Montgomery's out for four to five weeks minimum. Oh, they, is that? They, they, I, I, so, Yeah. So okay, so there you go. Thing. You don't even have to worry about having to update that. The Chris Carson one is it's interesting because from The Athletic, they just reported that Collins isn't coming for his job and not going to carve out a larger role that's not my concern. I'm not even concerned about a larger role. I'm concerned about the 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 role he already has. And I put this because I do a worry report in the waiver section every single week. And I do this worry report and I broke down the fact that Chris Carson, since week 15 of 2019, hasn't carried the ball 20 times. Actually, since then, he hasn't even carried it 17 times. And actually, on top of that, Pat, through this year, even if you threw out week four, the first three weeks, 13, 12 and 13, he's not even getting to 17. So, Chris Carson, one of the most efficient running backs when healthy, one of the most efficient running backs on limited touches. That's why we weren't concerned because he scores touchdown. He still gets 80 yards on 13 carries. That being said, even if he is healthy, his role has been carved out a lot more from this complimentary piece, which they thought was going to be Penny. But it is now Alex Collins who people look at and just assume he can't catch the ball. But he is a better pass catcher than people think. Chris Carson's too high for me. I would, no question in my mind, starting Damian Williams in that backfield, even with the thigh, He like I said, they said he should be fine. I would start Juba Hubbard over him. I would start, oof, now it starts getting dicey. I, it, some of them I would, like I wouldn't start P. Ryan Or Moss, but I would start Latavius Murray over him at this point. I know trying to trust this backfield after just one week, but at least Latavius Murray has the Gus Edwards upside. Like, we don't need you in the passing game, but it doesn't matter because this offense just produces touchdowns for running backs.
0: Is there that big of a difference between what Chris Carson is doing right now and what Jonathan Taylor is doing right now? I would concede that jonathan i haven't ranked higher obviously but he's there merlin Mack is apparently going to be traded that's like no no no, you can have the ball oh we're going to showcase you and get you ready for this trade merlin mac here's the ball a bunch of times like if and taylor was hyper efficient against the dolphins and that led to a good fantasy yes. day but if he's not going to be hyper efficient with these limited touches like it's tough treading
1: I think watching that game, I think a little bit more is because the Colts were pretty much in control for a lot of it. Uh, I wouldn't expect that similar use for Mac. And Taylor did have some usage in the passing game as he continues. That was three receptions in that game. But all that being said, it's not that different. Like, I'm not saying Taylor and Carson don't deserve similar concern, but I don't think it's as bad as Carson because at least you're still getting around those combined 16, 17, 18 touches for Taylor where Carson's now down in the low teens. So that's the slight difference there.
0: All right. I'm going to keep Latavius Murray at 25 where I have him, but you said you wouldn't play Zach Moss over Chris Carson?
1: I go back and forth on that one. Right. Zach Moss' touchdown depends. It's actually... What's the difference between Zach Moss and Chris Carson right now? Cause Zach Moss is getting 12 or 13 carries a week. And now all of a sudden it's consistent. So that might be your better question is what's the difference between Carson and Moss.
0: I guess it's that I, well, the Seahawks offense is good. The bills offense at least so far has been excellent and they just score more points.
1: Right and it always starts with Josh Allen which is what you said for the longest time.
0: It is but at least it does seem like Zach Moss has carved out this role for himself at least inside the team. Hey we should
1: guys. go back to your preseason one where you told me I was an idiot for Christopher Zach Moss.
0: <laughs> hey I call people idiots for a lot less Jake. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Yeah, it's should... still but it's still super no. risky to start Zach Moss. I didn't think Oh that one 100%.
1: Would... I, I, yeah, let me make that clear. I wasn't campaigning for Zach Moss like as being higher at all.
0: But I will put uh, let's see, Chris Carson at 22, one spot behind Chuba Hubbard. Behind Hubbard. Chase-, Chase Edmonds just continues to get it done every single week. I actually believe that Damian Harris might be the single best buy low candidate right now on the board.
1: I could not agree with you more. He is in my buy low. I even mentioned I do a buy low in the rankings column every Wednesday. I mentioned last week as in he's not buy low because he's going against the Buccaneers. So wait and buy him even lower after that game because on top of it, it's just not the fact that nobody runs against the Buccaneers. He was the leading pass catching option on that team because J.J. Taylor fumbled, was actually behind Brandon Bolden, and Jacob Johnson for opportunities and Harris was out there the most as the pass-catching option. Harris could be walking into a workhorse type of role going forward.
0: Absolutely. He ran 17 routes to Brandon Bolden's 11 in that spot. That was just super encouraging to see. It didn't manifest the way that everyone would have wanted it to if you started Damian Harris, but that's okay. The underlying numbers really rate out well for Harris moving forward, and this is a primo matchup against a terrible Texans team where they're probably just going to want to run the ball a whole bunch. So that 21-30 to range now is, well, Edmonds is at 20, Chuba Hubbard, 21, Carson, Zach Moss, Samaje P. Ryan filling in for Joe Mixon, Latavius Murray, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, Mike Sanders, and Jamal Williams. Oh, do we get our yearly? Oh, Josh Jacobs, receiving game prowess. Let's go. And then we go back to no <laughs> catches again.
1: We do, but I think this is not even so much about Josh Jacobs, just the fact that Kenny Drake is, honestly, if you need, like, if, you, if Damian Williams is out there, I would drop Drake. If, uh, I mean, if you need like Joe Mixon's out, obviously this is your rankings with Joe Mixon being out. I would drop Drake for Samaj P run at this point. Like Drake can't even get use when Josh Jacobs is out, and then he can't even get use in the game last night, depending on when you're watching this. In the game, they were down significantly in the second half. Drake is just he's not involved. So uh, I'm not I'm saying all that to say that Josh Jacobs is in the right spot because it's not all of a sudden good Josh Jacobs is going to be catching five and six passes per game, but that more so that Drake is just Uh, Why are you even holding on to him at this point?
0: Am I a complete jamoke for having Mike Davis one spot ahead of Cordero Patterson? Because I know that we look at the numbers (laughs) and we see what Cordero Patterson has done so far this year. And then trying to project things forward, we look at the snap share, we look at the routes, we look at how often he's scoring touchdowns versus how many touches and opportunities that he's getting that leads almost every single person in the world to say, this is completely unsustainable. And scoring three touchdowns a game is obviously, even LaDainian Tomlinson couldn't do that. But being an impact fantasy contributor, which he has been, he has been probably the most valuable player you could have on your roster right now in fantasy football based on where he was either picked up or drafted in the 25th round. However, you got your hands on Cordero Patterson. It's working out really well for you right now. Problem is it does seem like this offense is kind of designed to get him the ball in the right spots to score touchdowns.
1: It does. And banking on any player to score over 10% of their touches is absurd. Like that just doesn't happen. I would even go back to everybody. that's like, Oh, garrett Blunt. And talking about other players compared to, I forget, somebody was trying to compare LeGarrette Blunt, And I was like, people forget he had three, well, 299 carries that year. So even that, that's like nowhere near 10% because he wasn't scoring 30 touchdowns. So yes, the math, the, what we know about football, what we know about everything, he should not score 10% of the time. Actually, I think it's up at 11% of the time. But what you said is why I I don't think where you have him is wrong. I think, he's still an RB three because if he doesn't score, that's the downside. We know that. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's kind of like, it's a lesser, well, no, it's basically James white. If you're playing like non PPR, you never played James white because you knew if he didn't score, he got you three points. It was about the receptions. And that's where Cordell Patterson is.
0: I would say uh, I, what you alluded I, I, to. I, I, I would push back on that a little bit because he's getting legitimate wide receiver, like lining up as a receiver routes as well. He has more ways to score and touch the ball than James. Cordell white Patterson. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's where I was going with it. So I was going to say to your side, Yeah, I was going to say what you added on and what you were explaining is that they're finding ways to use him and they are finding ways to use him similar to, you know, we talk about the Ravens backfield being touchdown reliant, but that's because they turn to their running backs inside the red zone and they rely on them. And that offense produces touchdowns for the running backs because of how it's built. You can talk about Adam Thielen and the fact that he's touchdown reliant, but that offense and Kirk Cousins looks to him in the red zone because that's how they're constructed to look for, and they like going to Thielen. So sometimes touchdown variance can be something, you know, shouldn't be completely like, oh, everybody falls into the 3% range. That being said, Cordell Patterson obviously won't sustain this level, but to have him as an RB3 I think is where we just kind of have to keep him going forward.
0: Unless he really ends up proving himself. I've always played under this impression. I think this is one of the few last vestiges of season-long fantasy football strategy that no one exploits because everyone wants fantasy football to be like fantasy baseball where, oh, man, look at his batting average of balls in play. It's 100 points higher than it's going to be. There is absolutely (laughs) no way for that person to sustain that batting average. It's just never going to happen. Or if you look at FIP, an ex-FIP for a pitcher, it's like, well, his FIP is 650 and his ERA is 120. Something's gonna go wrong here for this guy. Let's sell him right now. People can look at that. And people have looked at that with Cordero Patterson and rightfully said this is a completely unsustainable pace. However, in football, the sample is so limited there's so many different right. variables versus so many versus so many of the other fantasy sports that Everyone has properly identified Cordero Patterson as a sell high, which means that if you try to sell Cordero Patterson, you're not gonna get whatever you think you're gonna get for him. You're gonna get a whole mm. bunch of you're gonna get a whole <laughs> bunch of lowball off and maybe listen, this is not gonna be every single case, but if you play with right. smart right. people, no one is gonna pay you for Cordero Patterson. Would it be worth it to buy high? on Cordero Patterson knowing that you wouldn't have to pay actually with the sticker prices you can pay a whole lot less than that and just try to ride this out and hopefully this is a thing all year because we've seen this happen in football a whole bunch of times it's not like Chris Shelton hit 17 home runs in April and then he's in the minor leagues by June
1: <laughs> nobody knows who the hell you're talking about by the way <laughs> from watching the football show uh but good call out there so what's buy high are we, we want to talk running back versus running back would you say like chuba hubbard with the fact that christian McCaffrey's coming back is like chuba hubbard for patterson is that buying high like what i'm trying to get a range to think of like i because i agree with you the buying high isn't a bad option to go with because you probably get flex value running back the rest of the season even with the low weeks but I, i'm trying to that's, that's that's the thing is i'm trying to get in my mind of like what's a buy high for this situation
0: well what do you think are like the most common cordero patterson trades right now
1: uh, I would say, like, for running backs, you're probably not getting a running back for a running back, uh, just because... Like, do you think that, that people uh,
0: are like, hey... Like, okay, I, Mar-
1: I, Marvin Jones seems like a... Com- like, a Marvin Jones or Cordell Patterson seems like a one that a lot of people would make.
0: I mean, that feels like a wash to me. That's but what I'm trying to f-
1: I'm trying I, to find I, washy ones.
0: Especially because Chark is out, that the role for... Especially being in that garbage time offense. But, I, I mean, you can roll the dice. I, mean, I just happen to like Marvin Jones a lot, is kind of the thing. But... What if you had, like, <laughs> Miles Sanders?
1: I would I take Cordell Patterson. You can't use Miles Sanders unless you think they're going to be winning a game by a significant <laughs> amount, honestly.
0: Yeah, I have Sanders at 29 this week. I have Patterson at 28. Now, this could go completely you know, tits up and Sanders ends up being awesome because we know his breakaway potential, but he just never touches the ball. And then you have Patterson who could go back to being Cordell right, Patterson. But I feel like that's a trade that if I was trying to sell Cordell Patterson and someone offered me Miles Sanders, just looking at those two names, I feel like that would be accepted instantaneously.
1: Sure. I actually pulled up the Yahoo trade tracker to see some of the trades that Cordell Patterson has been involved with. Uh, so you have Cordell Patterson and Kenny Galladay going combined for Antonio Gibson. Which which side would you take in that one?
0: Probably want Gibson, although I think that's fair.
1: And that's what was I. There's a straight up trade of Cordell Patterson for Joe Mixon because of his injury. Cordell Patterson for Dalvin Cook. That was the one I was going to mention. Somebody tweeted me that, and Joe Pisa Pia. I know you just shook your head, but I'm just like, those are the inexperienced leagues. How about Cordell Patterson for Tyler Boyd?
0: I think I might might gamble on Cordell Patterson there. I guess it would depend if I needed a receiver or a running back. I guess I could play Patterson. Cordell
1: Patterson and Josh Jacobs for DeAndre Swift.
0: Oh, I like that. I, I would want to get Swift there.
1: See, but I I, I wanted to bring those up because this is exactly your point that you're making here. Um, And that's what you can do. Here's Cordell Patterson for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that's an absurd, inexperienced league situation. I think some people are genuinely concerned about Hopkins not even having 20% of the target share. And if you can get Hopkins, but on the flip side, the trade right underneath it is Chris Carson for Cordell Patterson. And whoo. I, I, you know, as crazy as the Patterson situations we're talking about is like, he can't sustain this. That made me think. And that I think that's where we are in Patterson. If I'm thinking Carson or Patterson and I have to think about it, that's where we are now.
0: Well, I, I guess this goes one of two ways. If you have Cordero Patterson and someone offers you Delvin Cook, they're like, it's an auto accept. Well, let's pretend we don't live in a world where those type of trades
1: <laughs> Where people e- are that crazy. Exist.
0: Yeah, let's play, Let's talk about we play in a normal <laughs> league where like normal people who pay attention are, are in this league. And you have Cordero <laughs> Patterson. And like I said, he's been identified by every... You go on Twitter, you go on The Athletic, you, you listen to this show, you read ESPN, everyone will identify Cordero Patterson as a sell high. So everyone knows that going into it, by and large. Even people who don't read anything, they can look at the situation, look at the numbers, and identify him as a sell high. So I think that there is a way that you can utilize that information to either acquire him or sell him. Like, I like that idea of pairing him with someone else who's sort of like a name. Like, if you had Carson, Cordell Patterson and Chris Carson to upgrade at running back. I think that's a trade that could go through. Because, like, oh yeah, maybe this could go through. But if you were trying to get him, if you're not... thing is, I just don't think you're going to see the offers for Cordero Patterson of what the owner would theoretically value him as because the market has been depreciated so much because of all the hype around him that you could potentially squeeze one of your guys that you don't like on your team who still has some sort of cachet and name value away from the Cordero Patterson owner for realistically less than he's probably worth.
1: Yeah. So I just found a running back in your rankings who, one, I think is too low, but two, I think comes into this conversation is which side would you want of Trey Sermon and Cordell Patterson? Patterson. See? And... I have... I a, kinda...
0: in, fa- in fairness to my Trey Sermon ranking, I have Elijah Mitchell in the rankings.
1: Okay. I was looking for Mitchell. I was trying to find him.
0: I just I him? I just have him down a bit. I just don't know... Oh, yeah, I'm 41. Yeah. So, uh, well, we can get to that part of it right now. We go 31, James Conner. The touchdown, man, he's killing all of our Arizona shares with all of our good players, stupid James Conner. Kyler Murray. Uh, His
1: rushing touchdowns.
0: Tony Pollard, J.D. McKissick. I like this matchup from McKissick against New Orleans. Kenneth Gainwell can... I mean, he's more productive than Miles Sanders. Michael Hurricane (laughs) Carter, your guy. Trey Sermon, Devin Singletary, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Naheem Hines. I figured you would press back on Trey Sermon. And I found him a very difficult player to rank this week. Obviously, Mm -hmm. if Eli Mitchell misses this week as well, he is most definitely going to move up in the rankings. But I think that we saw sort of the milk toast type games that he can provide for you this weekend. And by and large he had a very good game last weekend. He got all the touches, he had over 80 yards, but that's all he is legit doing. Because especially with I, I feel like Trey Lance is going to have a lot of Josh Allen syndrome inside the red zone if that ever happens and he's just going to call his zone number. So I think that the touchdown equity is going to be hurt. It doesn't seem like Trey Lance is ever going to pass to any running back not named Kyle Uschek. And now you have Eli Mitchell coming back. If he is back, that he's going to take some of the share. For I mean for all we know, he could be the lead back. We don't know how this backfield is going to turn right. out, and this is assuming so, Trey Lance plays as well, and not Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Right, so that that's where I want to go with it. So this is why I would push back, even if Elijah Mitchell's out there. Uh, for one, I don't disagree with this at all. I know we could get Shannon Hannigan, as we always do. He was backed into literally backed into a corner and forced to use Trey Sermon. We know that. The the reason I say this is because I broke down Trey's Sermon and the reason speculation why he wasn't on the field, and part of it comes to what Bill Belichick did in 15 pages of an answer, and I kind of broke down on the podcast with Brandon Funston last week and explained it in like one minute. But it's just when it comes players coming from college at the running back position, it's not just can you pass block. That's one aspect of four pieces in that. Uh, you can't just like, I could flatten – a linebacker. But if I don't know where my assignment is, I don't know where the audible might take me. I don't know when I need to get in front of the quarterback to the other side if the play has changed. Like there's so much more to it that college players generally even if they are good pass blockers will struggle to acclimate to that in the NFL. And that's why you see some rookies take longer to get on the field. You add that to the fact that this is the fourth piece is where your quarterback played in college. Trey Sermon played a lot With a quarterback, not under center, barely ever under center. That's a big transition for any running back in general on top of it. So Trey Sermon had all that going against him. And where I say this is actually a positive is because you just saw how good he was with Lance under center. He has the quarterback back next to him, or at least he's back there with him in that shotgun formation. So I think that Lance is better for Sermon. If Garoppolo was back under center, I'd be back towards Mitchell. But that's why. So I actually think the Lance helps Sermon because you just saw how effective he was in the second half. And the Arizona Cardinals top three defense in yards after contact and plays for 10 plus yards rushing so it's a very exploitable matchup on top of it
0: i agree the matchup's good and that lance does help trey sermon here but once again i think that if you're essentially looking at a worse josh jacobs situation in the receiving game so there's literally no floor for him he could lose carries if mitchell ends up coming back like i mentioned and i just think that multiple touchdowns are gonna be so difficult for him in this spot when lance can call his own number and you know that he wants to call his own number and I think you're going to see if Lance is starting in this game, a lot of Kyle use as the primary blocking back for Trey Lance.
1: Yeah, uh, I see. I think that the fact that Lance, again, with the sermon sermon is more comfortable with the quarterback in that position. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I just am making my case for my side of it. And of all these rankings for the fact that he's the lead, in my opinion, with Elijah Mitchell and I look. If you think I'm stupid and I'm going to get Shanahan again, you don't have to believe me, you don't have to take my word. I understand that risk is there if Mitchell is playing. Even if Mitchell is playing, I would start William I would start Sermon over Miles Sanders because there's no way I'm trusting Miles Sanders at this point. I don't even know if the Eagles are the favorite in this game. And I'm not talking about what Vegas says. I'm just talking about, in my own opinion, I don't know that the Eagles win a game over Carolina at this point. So unless the Sanders situation is they're walking away with like, if they're facing the lions, sure. Put Sanders higher. Anything else. And I'd rather trust Sermon for what we saw with Lance, even under Shanahan, over over Sanders. And I stopped there. I think that Cordell Patterson is actually the safer play than Sermon at this point.
0: I see. That's exactly the spot where I was going to move Sermon to if Elijah Mitchell is inactive this week. I'd move him up to number twenty nine. And I,
1: oh see so yeah, I'd go even higher.
0: I, I would not. And I'm going to keep Sermon where he is because I just do not trust this backfield whatsoever. That has to. I fact- put
1: just so I- you know, if there is no Elijah Mitchell, I'd put Sermon all the way up ahead of Chris Carson at twenty two.
0: All right, yeah, that's not happening for me. But Jake's more accurate than I am, so you should probably listen to him on that regard. When it comes to hydration, there's one product that professional athletes just can't get enough of. Elevate hydration from Beam. I'm talking about racing legend Danica Patrick, PGA Tour winner Billy Horschel. They swear by elevated hydration because when you're not hydrated, well, we know the feelings from headaches to fatigue. You simply don't feel your best. Elevate gives your body the electrolytes it's craving thanks to a supercharged stack of electrolytes like coconut water and pink Himalayan Himalayan like coconut water and pink Himalayan sea salt sourced entirely from nature Plus, they make your water taste amazing. I have been using Beam to be perfectly honest with you, because I enjoy a nice wine from time to time uh, to get rid of my hangovers in the morning. Is pound some Beam before I go to bed with my water, and then have some more when I wake up. I don't feel as hungover, and that is a huge win for Pat Mayo when you do so many shows in the morning. You want a nice—I wouldn't say it's a hangover cure. You want your headaches to kind of subside in the mornings. Beam is where you want to be. Elevate comes in three flavors for specific needs. There's Elevate Balance, made with pre-probiotics for digestive balance. Elevate Energy, made with caffeine for sustained energy. And Elevate Recovery, that's me, made with collagen peptides and branched chain amino acids for tired muscles and joints. So here it is. Our listeners, the listeners of the show right now, can get a free Elevate sample pack, by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash mayo to get your free sample pack. Stay hydrated, y'all. And it comes with the Pat Mayo personal endorsement of better energy in the morning after wine. As most listeners of the Pat Mayo experience can attest, that I'm kind of a pretentious jerk, but that applies to my real life too, just very quietly, not as boisterous as I am on this show, because I'd rather be caught dead than wearing my favorite pair of sweatpants outside the house. And why is it that clothes that are the most comfortable are the most unattractive? Fortunately, I got a solution for that. That's why you gotta check out Public Rec. They make elevated athleisure wear in multi-dimensional sizes because they believe that comfort starts with a better fit. And I can attest to this. I received my public rec pants in the mail the other day, just started wearing them outside and no one can tell the difference. And they are completely comfortable. They look like real pants, not jogging pants. They're absolutely Excellent. Highly recommend that you go to Public Rec and check this out. Their best-selling all-day everyday pant is now available in over 40 different sizing combinations that can fit men anywhere from 5'8", that's me, to nearly 7 feet tall. That's not me, but that could be you. A better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants look good. Now, your favorite lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work, happy hour, the gym, wherever it is. After a year at home, they're the pants that you need. Public Rec spent years engineering the perfect blend of softness stretch and durability it's all the performance benefits you love with the added style for more formal occasions they also have zipper pockets so no more having your phone or wallet fall out of your pants when you sit down problem for me by the way zipper pants let's go they come in nine different colors one for each day of the week and then some because as you may know checking out the gregorian calendar there are only seven days in the week and that way you don't have to double up on pants either nine different colors match any combination you want with your shoes your Pat, whatever it may be. Public Rec rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Go to publicrec.com and use promo code Mayo, M-A-Y-O, to receive 10% off. That's publicrec, R-E-C, dot com, and use our promo code Mayo for 10% off. Wide receiver rankings. For the week, uh, Devontae Adams, he's like perma number one, uh, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson. And this is where I think it starts, like, there's guys that you're most definitely going to play. Fuzzy. I think it gets fuzzy at number seven. Like, you're not sitting Hopkins or McLaurin or Debo or Keenan Allen, the next guys, or even, I mean, Ridley has a nice matchup. He hasn't been any good. Mike Williams, DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb. Adam Thielen, good matchup, but if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's kind of useless. Tyler Lockett, is he banged up? It's still a bad matchup, although I think that his matchup is technically better than DK Metcalf's matchup, with based on how the Rams actually set up, but who knows if they're actually going to utilize him that way or if he's 100%. I don't know. Amari Cooper, you know, not a great matchup. Godwin has a good matchup in the slot against Miami. I also like Cameron Brate this week, but I don't have the guts to rank him higher, but every single week we see where Miami gets beat up between the hashes. Every week.
1: Every week, I, I was laughing at the fact that you were keeping the cadence going with every single one of them. That's what I was laughing at. Uh, you're you're not wrong. uh I I don't really have a problem with anybody in this range. I mean, if I want to nitpick and see what my projections or ranks end up be, it's not going to be anything great. Like it might be Chris Godwin's at 14 and Lockets at 18. Like going straight through your list, there's nobody that that is that big of an outlier. I think the biggest one here. And I'm kind of gonna kind of give a question to you, even though it's your show, is the Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel situation because you do have Debo as a top ten, and I'm not arguing against that. It's more the fact that like it looked like Brandon Ayuk was getting back to being healthy and was getting back to being involved, and then Trent Sherfield was on his heels for opportunities, and Ayuk was essentially left out in that entire game. Like, is it just Debo and nobody else? Because that's how you rank them.
0: Yes. That's exactly how I, I mean, that's how the fantasy production has gone so far this season. When I came into the year and we ranked them and I referred to Debo Samuel as a mini T.O., I believe that. That's why I kept drafting Debo Samuel. I just think he's awesome. I think that he was hurt with a hamstring injury last Don't year. do disagree. And he is perfect. For trey lance and the routes that like he's going to run these short routes and he can do so much after the catch i think Ayuk's going to be fine but there's clearly a problem right now and they're using mohammed sanu essentially more than they're using him in the passing game that's a <laughs> problem uh, yeah yeah so if i can essentially lock in debo for you know 10 to 12 targets which he's getting every single game he's sort of like the good michael Pittman. then I- i'm playing him every single week he's an elite player
1: Oh, there's no question about that. Be elite. This, uh, the biggest thing is the fact that Ayuk looked so good last year playing on the outside. And like you said, it might be something else underlying. He's still maybe not 100%. Or Shanahan's doing what he does to running backs, and he's doing it at wide receiver too. Uh, but the good news is that Samuel is where you have him. Is he's just been consistent. Uh, Calvin Ridley, by the way. Oh. I did want to bring this up and I was saving it for the wide receivers and you talked about the baseball and bringing that all in. And I wanted to point out the fact like, so I started including a piece in the waiver column. It's unrealized air yards. It's air yards minus receiving yards. Like all these receiving yards that you're leaving on the field because Odell Beckham, as we just saw last week, <laughs> if Baker Mayfield just knows how to throw the effing ball, Odell Beckham has a giant day and nobody cares about Odell Beckham. I wanted to bring that up because Calvin Ridley is actually top five. Now, That being said, as you pointed out, baseball is much more predictable. Unrealized air yards are a good nugget. They're not 100% predictable because Henry Ruggs last year was top 10. Derek Carr just could not get on the same page. So that's where I wanted to actually ask you another question, Pat. Does the top five air yards left on the field for Calvin Ridley point to what you think could be better days? Or do you just think that Matt Ryan and this offense is broken?
0: I think it's broken, and I think that they've shifted what they want to do. That's why you're seeing – I think that Arthur Smith came in there and be like, man, Matt Ryan can't throw the ball more than 15 yards with any sort of accuracy anymore. Or just, That's what all these Ridley – Deep shots are—they're just floaters out there, and maybe he can go. Like he—he's dropped a few. Like some—some of, some of the onus is on Ridley. He hasn't been great, but there's so many of these routes that like he's just waiting for the ball to get there. And by the time the ball gets there, there's three guys on him. And like, it's an you want to un- talk about a floater? It is, an un- <laughs> How about that one to ball. Debo? Wow,
1: well, that Debo what like—he—he he ran as hard as he had to run after because he had to wait for the damn ball to get
0: there. <laughs> it's funny because Ridley's—it's it, actually a problem. And this can work one of two ways and you need to know the coverage and who the defense is and the receiver that you have because a lot of the time if you're getting into a one-on-one situation with a deep ball the move actually is to throw it a bit short and realize and like have that connection with your receiver to know that because they can just stop and catch the ball and it's an easy completion. But when you have your man beat by so much and you need to hit him in stride which is a much harder throw and you're not dead on the money like that ball needs to be perfect and then everyone can congregate on you at the same time. It's funny how beating your man too badly can be sort of an issue on deep balls (laughs) where if it's a one-on-one you can almost adjust to the ball in the air and have it thrown short like how many times have we seen that? Or a pass
1: interference last night in the Monday night football game. You could just get that one where you underthrow it and then you try, have to adjust back and then the defender just runs straight through you. Oh, that's the, like Odell Beckham's been dealing with that since Eli Manning. I mean, how many times did Eli Manning miss Odell Beckham wide open downfield by five yards left or right or even underthrown, And he doesn't even come down with it. But it's a, it's a great point that you're making is that. And that's what happened with the, That's the difference between the Odell Beckham non and the Debo touchdown. That's the difference between the two.
0: The most egregious one last week because I lost my over/under by a half yard. Not because I mean because of that, but Ooh. Um, Ooh. and lost. I mean, I won on DraftKings, but. This would have really helped me when a lot more money was Sam Darnold's overthrow of Robbie Anderson. When he made the double move at the end of the game (laughs) to come back against Dallas, it's like, Oh my God, he's wide open. And it wasn't even, it was like a 20 yard throw. And he just, just, uh, and it wasn't like, it was just off the fingertips. It was a good, like yard and a half, two yards past him. And it's like, Oh, he had him. That was the play. That's what, that's the, that was the (laughs) one play we were waiting for all game. It was there. He was wide open and just classic Darnold. Oh,
1: it was. And that's what it was. It was classic. Darnold Darnold just needs to keep running the ball. He's their best (laughs) touchdown option.
0: That's true. Oh, I want to remind everyone, uh, if you don't have sports betting um, in your state, now you should just go to DraftKings Sportsbook and go play up there if you do have it. If not, prizepicks.com has you know, over-unders, fantasy props, all the yardage available in a ton more states. Use code M-M-N at deposit if you want to get in uh, and you'll get a deposit match of up to $100. Also, if you make your entry for a Thursday, Thursday guys and Sunday guys, no Monday Night Football guys, if you make an entry for $7.11 that technically qualifies you for the Mayo Media Network pool and as Because you're a part of that pool, you're eligible for this bonus. So if you get all five right, you get 10 times your money, so you win $71. But because you did a $7.11 entry, if you get five of five, you get your $71 and a bonus 50. 17 times your money on a $7.11 entry. So this isn't gonna take a lot of money throughout the course of the year. If you have a hundred bucks to lose, you deposit your hundred bucks. You get the extra hundred from the bonus. You're gonna be good for the entire year. It's a great way to play low stakes and actually build a bankroll, like a pretty good bankroll moving forward. So I highly recommend everyone do that. Prizepicks.com, code MMN. When you deposit, you can check the link down in the description right now and just click through right there. Brennan Cooks, I have at 19, one pass. Chris Godwin, I feel like this is the next year of guys down, so it's Cooks, Jamar Chase, I have T Higgins back, I think. Yeah, I do. Do I? T Higgins. Yeah, 32. Yeah, yeah I, 32. 32. So I have at 32. So I have Jamar Chase still, because uh, of the big playability, uh, at number 20, Deontay Johnson at number 21, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, the aforementioned Michael Pittman, Antonio Brown, Del Beckham, Tyler Boyd, Devonta Smith, Marvin Jones, Harry, Corey Davis, Kenny Galladay mm-hmm. at number 31, T. He Higgins at 32, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Robert Woods, Bobby Woods, Bobby Trees finally got there last week, Cole Beasley, Jameson Crowder, Henry Ruggs, Robbie Anderson, and Jacoby Myers 21. as the top 40. Um, I have Teddy yes. Bridgewater as if he's starting right now. All the Denver guys take a hit if Locke's in.
1: Okay, so I actually don't think Cortland Sutton takes a hit with Drew Locke. That efficiency is going to be ridiculously bad, but the fact is, is Drew Locke's taking more shots than Sutton. To go back to that list I was telling you about before, Colton Sutton is number one in the league in unrealized air yards. And sure, that comes down to the team, the play that he's had, but that's where they're using them, and that's where they continue to use them. And I say that to say this, Devonta Smith's giant game that we just had was top five before that game. So these are the things, again, it's not perfect, but these are where you look for opportunities and how these players are being used. I think Cortland Sutton is one of the best by lows at wide receiver. I would have him a little bit higher. And I would you know, call me crazy, but I would have him higher than Kenny Galladay. I know Kenny Galladay has been a thing the past two weeks, especially with no Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. But holy crap, Diggs has immediately turned into all of a sudden a shutdown quarter who they are sending as a shadow. He is shadowing people and he is doing a really damn good job of it. I wouldn't push Kenny Galladay down to the 40s, but I would go Sutton over him. I would definitely go LaVisca Chenault, who you have way down there, um, over him. And probably, maybe that's about it. Maybe like T. Higgins and Emmanuel Sanders. But it, I, I would move him down a couple spots, Sutton up a couple spots, and okay. Chenault way, 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 way higher.
0: All right. I, I will defer to you on this one. So Kenny Galladay or Cole Beasley? Uh, are you full point PPR than Cole Beasley? Half point PPR, I'll still give Galladay the slight edge. Jamison Crowder or Kenny Galladay? Man, I love. I'm going Crowder. If he's, if Crowder's healthy, Crowder and Cole he's Beasley up Co- top thirty Co- Co- numbers. Crowder and Beasley are like the same guy.
1: Yeah, but if Crowder's got a little bit more touchdown upside. Yeah. He just knows how to score.
0: Yeah, maybe it's not like Cole Beasley never scores.
1: Oh wait, that's the London game too. London's yeah. always weird. London's either going to be forty points or ten.
0: That's true. Henry like Rugg- no in
1: between
0: <laughs> Rugs or Galladay. Galladay. And I love rugs, You know that. All right. So I'll put him just one spot after Jamison Crowder. That will make him number 37. So how far up do you want me to put Chenault against Tennessee? Obviously, no DJ Chark. Would you go? I'd put him
1: in front of Robert Woods. I was right going to say, would you, go, would you go Robert
0: Woods or Chenault? I would go Chenault. Are the Jags just going to be a disaster this week with the Nick Saban stuff?
1: The next save or you mean the Urban Meyer stuff?
0: Uh, the Urban Meyer stuff, yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> hey next saving might be a disaster too. I, I just think they're just a disaster Period. But it, like Trevor Lawrence is still going to go out there and try to play. And James Robinson and Chenault, they're all still going to try to do their thing. Whether or not he's lost the locker room, these are players out there on the field that still try to win games. This is why you go back to when it, this isn't a name drop, but this is somebody who's played football. And I asked D'Angelo Williams and I said, Does that ever really happen where teams understand that they're better off if they get a better draft pick? And he said, You can never get a team, any sport, to tank because it starts with the front office. If the front office is on board, you still have to get the coaches on board who are playing or coaching for their jobs. And even if you lose the coaches and you have both of those, you still have to convince the players not to play well for their jobs. So the Jaguars players are still going to give their best, whether or not they've lost the locker room with Urban Meyer. So it's going to be gross from what we hear in the reports, but the team's still going to give 100%.
0: You came on this show last week and sold me on old Mooney Tunes in his matchup against the lions and then i stole that take and used it as my own on the DraftKings show and printed money jake so thank you
1: <laughs> you're well I, I i still didn't rank him in front of alan robinson which was the better play
0: <laughs> that's so hard to do though like that that's a bias that, that everyone suffers from uh, it's early it does. early draft pick syndrome like i have alan robinson at 49, 49. this week Hey See, if
1: it's Fields that's warranted if it's Dalton I'm going back to Allen Robinson oh, over Dalton I agree
0: I, I I have Fields in as the quarterback right now
1: yeah, and that's really what it comes down to is they, wow. Laser said, "Hey, you get to run plays, fields. Not well, plays plural, but you also get to run. Fi- <laughs> We're sending your speedy guys downfield to take advantage of that giant and great arm you have. Which, by the way, everybody's going on and on and on about Zach Wilson doing that rollout in the gym, and they throw Justin Fields had already done that two weeks before that. Justin Fields had already done that at college. Mooney works great with Fields. Allen Robinson probably behooves him to have you know, heck, Nick Foles would probably be better for them
0: just because of the quarterback style uh 41 to 50 now it's Jacoby Myers at number 41 because Chenault moved up to number 34 Myers Renfro Devontae Parker Jalen Waddle Parker made some and Parker makes such good catches like he's the, he's a Brandon Lloyd for our times that the harder the catch <laughs> is the more he's going to make it <laughs>
1: and no Will Fuller
0: uh no have fully is Fuller officially out because I still have him in just weighed down because he's dealing with a chest and a foot now and a hand
1: i i think i would be shocked if he plays but yeah he's not officially out but yeah
0: all right so parker waddle mooney tunes kalief raymond who they're just using in detroit someone's got to catch the ball turns out it's him <laughs> tim patrick christian kirk alan robinson juju smith schuster and then into josh reynolds <laughs> nick westbrook Ikeena, kadarius tony van jefferson john ross Might be a really nice. If you think that (laughs) if you think that Diggs does take out Kenny Galladay, I do think you can take the top of this Dallas defense. Just people are not connecting on it outside of Justin Herbert. That Ross is kind of the guy, isn't he? I mean, I would not feel very comfortable starting him in my fantasy lineup. But like as a DraftKings, like outlier deep play guy, I could see it happening
1: yeah and that's where i definitively got something wrong mostly because this team reports and everybody covering it was oh colin johnson will replace slayton and it wasn't he wasn't even fourth because cj board was out there more than colin johnson i don't understand maybe he's a terrible locker room presence i don't know what's going on with colin johnson that he went from filling in to being fifth on the depth chart john ross's first game back he's active and doing what he's doing so all that being said i think tony is intriguing as long as shepard is out and what you just said about Ross. Now Ross is a great DFS DraftKings play. If you just need that boomer bust in your wide receiver four slash flex spot, but understand we know John Ross is essentially Deshaun Jackson where you know one for thirteen is very doable as well.
0: Yeah, or zero. On no terms. I mean, that's
1: (laughs) that's sure. Of course, that's a. But at least he was on the field more than. He was the third most used wide receiver on the field in snaps and routes, which is just still inexplicable. I could understand like if he was splitting with Colin Johnson. I don't understand what the hell happened with that
0: one. That that's just so weird. Zacchaeus should have had a big game last week. He had like two really unfortunate drops, but now he gets the Jets. Again, these are all guys, like, the guys not from, like, 50 below. Like, if you're really in a pinch, like, A.J. Green's been really good. Quintus Cephas continues to do things. Obviously, Van Jefferson's either boom or complete busto. Rondell Moore, K.J. Osborne, Jalen Rager is, like, now you deep.
1: skipped over the one. I would actually have Curtis Samuel higher. I would have Curtis Samuel up by... I,
0: I was worried that would he run the fifth most routes of all the receivers? I know he's going to end up running more. I figured that once they activated him last week, that it would be full go for him and it just wasn't so I wonder if they're working him back in because they lost that's like
1: what, yeah no that's
0: they lost everyone at receiver like even cam sims is out now
1: no well and that's part of it is they already they so there were there was mixed reports but the one and I think it might have been from the athletic because somebody say he was he's getting he's not 100 he was they're working him back in I'm not expecting him to be out there for 90 percent of the snaps in the second game back but I am expecting more no Logan Thomas as you just mentioned lost sims too. Uh, I wasn't going to go that high. I would still start Van Jefferson in front of him, even as the third. Well, I mean, you could argue with his usage recently that he's the second. But I would put him in one spot in front of Ross. Like, not a huge jump. He's at 55. That's still not even top 50. But over some of those names like Quintus. Oh, you know what? AJ Green. I know. I, still,
0: I, 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 I don't know what to do. He's been really The past good. two weeks
1: that in the past two weeks, he's out there being his target as as, and I know Hopkins was banged up two weeks ago and essentially a decoy in that game, but AJ green's life is back. Uh, I would tell you this much. I, you have Christian Kirk at 48. I'm starting AJ green over Christian Kirk right now.
0: I can, I can switch those two guys. I just felt like you can, uh, San Francisco also strikes me as a team that you can catch napping a little bit deep. And if it's going to be deep, I always just go to Christian Kirk on the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, that's certainly fair. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Do you AG- any more wide receivers you want to talk about? Because it would be a nice time for me to go get my food that just arrived at my door early.
0: All right. Well, back after these messages. <laughs> what would you get to eat?
1: Ch- uh, I was about to say Chinese. Mexican.
0: You got Mexican food. You got Mexican-Chinese fusion is what you got? <laughs> mexican That would be gross. Right, who knows? You, people can do some pretty crazy things with all of this. Tight ends, which I did want to talk about. So let's get into it. Uh, let's go over the rankings very quickly. Kelsey at number one. Waller at number two. Thank God. I thought Waller was going to be like out for the year in the Monday night game after he explained <laughs> landed awkwardly. Then he came back in. Everything was great. Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, Pitts. Still Pitts. Higby. And then... There's this range, basically after Kittle. So you have your big four. Then you have Mark Andrews, who I do think stability-wise, if we're playing all 17 weeks with a tight end, you're going to be playing Mark Andrews. Probably the same for Pitts because he just has unrealized fantasy points on the board. I just it, you watch him, you're like he should be scoring 20 points a week and he's not because it's the stupid Falcons <laughs> and the stupid Matt Ryan and he can only throw to Cordarrelle Patterson. But now you have like Higby, Schultz, Knox, Gasicki, Fant. I have Ricky Seals-Jones replacing Logan Thomas at number 12. Uh, he's the mid on DraftKings this week, too. He's going to be running some routes against the Saints. Well, they have very good linebackers, so that's a bit tough. Tower Conklin, Ferkser with all the injuries, because I didn't rank A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. Max Williams, Dallas Goddard, Hunter Henry. I think you go from 7 to 17 there. There's the group of these guys. Who's for real out of these guys? like Is Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz for real? Because no one covers Dalton Schultz. He can. Not be this open every play. It's impossible.
1: Well, sometimes it's Blake Jarwin, too. Blake, they both scored in that game, and the problem is, between the two of them, this there's, there's not quite a 50-50, but it's almost still a 50-50 of the opportunities that they're bidding on the field, so you, I thought you were going to say doesn't get covered. I thought you were going to talk about Dawson Knox. They get in the red zone, and it's like teams don't even know he exists. It's just like, oh, look, there's Dawson Knox standing wide open in the end zone. Why is nobody on him? And then when he gets his touchdown, Dawson Knox has actually got more uh, I, I double the red zone and end zone targets, actually triple the red zone targets because he only has one of Robert Tanyan. Like he is, Dawson Knox has essentially become Robert Tanyan this year. So I think Schultz, Knox are legit. Gisicki, uh you know, I feel like he's about to go on a two game stretch where he only scores like five points. Oh, no, hold, hold, on, hold you, on.
0: Hold on. I, I am big on if, as long as Brissett is starting, Mike Gasicki and his route running of nine yards down the field is perfect for Jacoby Brissett. <laughs>
1: And well, that's, so I was going to say if two is coming back, yeah, that's the brusettes definitely helping Gasicki and also potentially you no know, Will Fuller. Not that that's a huge because the big thing is still that Jalen Waddle spends a lot of time in the slot where Gasicki does some work. But my point being is Schultz, Knox, Gasicki, Fant, yes, I think those are the four that are quote unquote real ish. And then after that, it gets really messy. And the fact that I wouldn't even try to call any of them real, even Conklin. Conklin was everybody's favorite streamer last last week and did essentially nothing.
0: Are you good with Ricky Seals Jones being a streamer this week?
1: Mm, not that high, but as a streamer, yeah. I wouldn't have him that high. I would have him. I would start Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is taken over. as Figuring out that situation, he's been the one that's been used more, which a lot of people thought, including myself, that Johnny Smith would be running more routes, but Johnny can't stay healthy, speaking of which. And now that he's back, kind of already got usurped by Henry. But uh, Ricky Seals Jones inside the top 20, don't have a problem with.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just going to, I like, if I'm streaming a tight end this week, that's the tight end that I'm streaming. If I'm going to pay down on DraftKings, he's the Will Disley of this week. And Will Disley sucked last week, so just keep that in mind. Uh, so, yeah, that's the conversation. I don't know how
1: many times I tell people stop trying to chase the Seahawks tight ends.
0: God. Well, it was He was the only Seahawks tight end who was essentially out there.
1: I know, but we do this every single year. Yes, the Seahawks' combined tight ends at the end of the year probably have eight or nine good games, but it's not always the same guy, and it's not always
0: predicted. It's especially like taking Jared Cook and splitting him into two people. I get that, but we took the one guy who was the lead and got rid of him, and there's no Hollander around or...
1: But that's what I'm saying. It's like there. it's not even predictable when it's down to one. Is That's what I was saying. Well, no, he, so it's I mean, like, he, he had
0: he, a bad game, but I felt like the process was right on Will Disley. He was out there Oh, sure. Top. Yeah. But, so,
1: but how many years did we say the process was right on Jared Cook and you can't get him right?
0: I suppose that's true. Yeah. He played 82% of the snaps last week. Like, I mean, for a guy that you could pick up in the Seahawks offense that ended up scoring, what, 28 points and they threw a bunch? I, I would run that back again. I, maybe you'd end up with a better outcome.
1: Sure. Yeah, the, the process. Yeah, again, I'm not questioning the process. I'm just questioning chasing those teams. This is the same reason we didn't want to chase. You and I didn't want to chase Jared Cook as a tight end one for trying to figure out what games he was going to be good for. The process I, can be right, but the situation can still be infuriating.
0: I get that the situation is normally infuriating. It's just the situation as it unfolded last week very clearly pointed to one guy. <laughs> he just didn't do anything.
1: Sure you know who did do well it's been a while since it happened because it was thursday night but your secret of the Uzma out there
0: he did if t higgins misses this week as well then i will bump up uh cj secret of the Uzma much much higher but if t higgins is back like that's why over
1: there. max with two x's
0: oh yeah if, if if he's out i'd probably move him above ricky seals jones and make him number 12 okay I'm, I'm trying to find touchdowns here. <laughs>
1: I know. I am wearing my Teenage Mutant Ninja Squirtles shirt for the Secret of the Uzma. So there you go.
0: Just combining all of your favorite things in the world, huh? Pokemon. I didn't even
1: really like Pokemon. I the just the fact that it was a crossover t shirt.
0: <laughs> Quarterbacks for the week. Got Josh Allen at number one. Feels right. Kyler Murray at number two. Mahomes, LeMah. Dak Prescott at number five. Then I go the Hurts, Squirts, Herbert cousins, Darnold, Tom Brady. That's the top 10. Then we got Stafford, mm-hmm. Russ Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, and Trey Lance at number 20. The Trey Lance ranking is just going to be wrong. I'm telling you that now he's going to be like fifth <laughs> or 32nd.
1: <laughs> that is, that's certainly true. This uh, I would have Trey Lance higher, not by much. Mo- like, I would play him at this point for the upside. I'm playing him over Tannehill. I don't but I would have Tannehill behind Daniel Jones. So that's the only difference there. So, so I would go Daniel Jones 15, then, then Trey Lance. Yeah. Maybe even over for the upside of Trey Lance over Derek Carr, but Derek Carr just keeps throwing a ton. Um, but it really comes down to is Trey Lance. Is, we don't care about his throwing. I had somebody post that in the waiver column. It was like, what did you see from Trey Lance throwing those ducks and ugly passes? It was like, well, great news and fantasy. We don't care about how ugly the pass is. And on top of it, we count those rushing yards and rushing upside a hell of a lot more for the quarterback position And that's where I'm going for the upside. I'm not going to put him in the QB1 conversation, but he'd probably be in that mix right alongside Daniel Jones for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be a bit more pensive after you sold me on Justin Fields that time and it really didn't
1: work out. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a big issue. You are way, way too low and way, 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 way disrespecting. Put me on full screen. You are... Give the man... Get the name respect, Tyler Haneke down at twenty four. Hate you, Pat. That is so wrong. That is so wrong.
0: You're starting Tyler Heineke against New Orleans.
1: New Orleans, or the Daniel Jones against New Orleans. The fact is, is Heineke is Daniel Jones. He's that running. He's going to make some stupid mistakes because he's too aggressive. Admittedly so, but Tyler Haneke is going to continue to throw and be aggressive, and he's going to continue to run and be aggressive. And there's no way on earth I'm playing Zach Wilson over him. And I would start him over Trey Lance and maybe even Matt Ryan, question mark, but Tyler, Tyler Haneke is way too low.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be budged on this one. I can see where the upside comes from, but even last week, I guess he threw for 400 yards. That game ended up going to overtime. <laughs> yeah. Uh I wouldn't expect Haneke to throw for 400 yards. The issue with the saints is, and that's a really good game, obviously. You uh, You know, 27 rushing yards to add on top of it. Great game for Daniel Jones. That was by far his best game of the season. But what the Saints do, especially if they can move the ball a little bit on offense, which is really a crapshoot. It's like every other week they can sustain something. Washington's defense has not been as good as advertised whatsoever. And the offensive line for the Saints is still pretty good in this spot. So I just feel like they're a team that sucks the air out of the ball right now with the (laughs) amount of running that they do and letting the clock run that the potential for upside I know Daniel Jones got there last week I feel like that was a bit of an outlier in that situation and a lot of it had to do with like you know Barkley being really good uh and doing a ton of damage through the receiving game not to say that Gibson or even JD McKissick can't do that at the same time and you do have McLaurin out there but I just feel like the path to upside against the Saints is really tough because of their offense weirdly enough and
1: that all definitely makes sense. And to be honest, like Barkley was having a slow day until later in the game and obviously over time. Uh, but it really just comes down to, again, Tyler Haneke, just for the names front, I'm not putting him to the QB one conversation. It's just with the way that Tyler Haneke play again, Tyler Haneke is Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Tyler Haneke. It, it, what is it? Was that Finkel is Eiberg Iberg or whatever the hell it is. I can't, I'm having a brain fart. Was it Finkel is Einhorn? what's the other name? Einhorn. Einhorn. i said einberg i know i said einberg, einberg. i couldn't get the right name <laughs> yeah that's like jeff einberg that is, that's what it was it's because i'm doing your show
0: there we are we can turn him into jeff einberg and we can just you know put, we can put the dog hair over although he already has the hair we, have to, we need him to pull it back a little bit so he can look like sean young
1: <laughs> and then call him jeff finkel and switch him completely
0: All right, that's good on uh, quarterbacks. Let's talk defenses before we get (laughs) out of here. I I made some pretty radical decisions here. I have the Cowboys at number two in my defense rankings. It goes Patriots, Cowboys, Rams, Bucks, Cards, Panthers, Saints, Broncos, Steelers, Ravens, then Titans, Jets, who have a pass rush. Like, that's undeniable at this point. Uh, The Vikings, 49ers, and Falcons. But it's the Cowboys. You can pick them up. You can play them. Danny Fum's on the other side. And they are bringing heat (laughs) to the quarterback.
1: Who? The Cowboys? Yeah. Oh, I thought, I didn't know if you meant that or anybody facing the Giants. But yeah, that's I mentioned that about the Carolina game and that the, that the Panthers might have a little bit of trouble because of how much pass rush the Cowboys are getting. Part of it comes down to Diggs being allowed to have people set on blitzes and an extra defender because he's locking down the defenses.
0: No, secondary I, I, I am. Uh, Micah Parsons has really been a revelation. I, no one thought that he would be this good and this effective in this role so quickly. No one even thought he would play this role ever. And now he's doing it and it's working out fantastically for them. Even Gregory got going last week, too. So hey, I
1: got him in my IDP league. So, ha
0: Awesome. Into face. I mean, I, I would just prefer not to play IDP and feel better about myself. I but. would, too.
1: But it's Jamie Eisenberg. How do you say no to Jamie Eisenberg?
0: It's easy. You say no, Jake. See, <laughs> this, this is a garbage format. I'm not playing it. Sorry. I
1: had, all three of my defense, like my secondary players were hurt last week. And I didn't even, that's, you know, as far as we go, and you're talking about 12 teams with three defensive backs. Per, like, I didn't even know some of the names I was looking at.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I, I just, Unless you're really good on defense, I probably don't know who you are. It's just It's not where I spend my <laughs> time researching
1: and that's certainly fair
0: you have to be really good or really bad to be known by the fantasy community you can't be like solid glue guy who does all the right things and makes (laughs) a very form tackle that guy's not coming up ever
1: no but like arnett last night who by the way do the raiders have anybody left alive in their secondary at
0: this point God, those dropped Enzo Terriman no, back from linebacker to safety, and then he can just make more tackles. I was say, just start Allen
1: Robinson and Arnold Mooney this week.
0: Yeah, it could potentially be the case. Well, I mean, Mike Williams, what, was he three feet taller than the guy covering? They're like, nah, we're not going to pass to you. Except for that one shot where That's, he had all, I all I, the pay dirt in the world and then it just didn't, didn't happen.
1: That was so frustrating, that Mike Williams game. Don't get, don't get me started on that.
0: Well, there, there was the three of them. There was Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, and Odell. Those three guys make the catch, and all of a sudden, they just have huge weeks. And just does, doesn't But happen. Mike
1: Williams is the most egregious. He's a wide receiver one, too, and in that game with nobody to cover him.
0: Oh, God. Didn't need eat, to move on. Didn't need him. I'm looking at quarterback hits here. <laughs> Let's see. Pass attempts. I'm looking at the. There's a free feature on runthesims.com, the advanced stats hub. If anyone ever wants to go check it out. It's pass attempts. What do I want? I want quarterback hits uh, versus pass attempts. Who has the most quarterback hits in the league? Who do you think are the top five in quarterback being hit right now?
1: Mm, No, the quarterback himself being hit or the defense is forcing the hits? No, the
0: quarterback being hit. Joe Burrow? No.
1: Okay. Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones?
0: No. (laughs) No. On either one of them? No, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Big Ben, who's banged up again. Okay, yeah, Mac yeah. Mac Jones and Matt Ryan.
1: Matt Ryan was going to be one of my next guesses because of their offensive line. I would have never, I would have never guessed Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, Burrow is like middle of the pack. He has you know fewer quarterback hits than Teddy Bridgewater does.
1: Where's Daniel Jones? 14. Back?
0: Yeah, 14. Same as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rogers, he takes like, off running. Right, right around Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. I mean, some of that speaks to offensive line play. Some of this speaks to quarterbacks. who right. don't ever get... I mean, that's sort of the problem with Matt Ryan, Roethlisberger, and Wentz.
1: Where does... Hold, 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 hold. Where does Tua stand? Not even playing for the full season. He's yeah. still got to be middle of the pack.
0: No, he didn't get hit much. He had to actually, no, seven. Sorry. <laughs> seven. Yeah, in a, in say, a yeah. game in a And game that's in not minutes. even playing the full season. Yeah. But a lot of these guys are just guys who hold on to the ball a ton. Like, it's not like, I mean, the Steelers offensive line obviously isn't good, but Bench still shouldn't be getting hit this often. He just never. Carson Wentz still legit, be
1: taking snaps.
0: Well, he is. And now he's dealing with another injury beyond the hip injury. Like, eventually he's just going to break down on the field and won't be able to. Do you think they'd let him quarterback in a wheelchair?
1: <laughs> they might. If they're not turning to Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins at this point, They they might
0: interesting stuff all right jake your rankings come out um tuesday at midnight Midnight. or wednesday at 12 a.m eastern time whatever how do you properly say that
1: i well that's why i schedule it for 1201 a.m so So, i don't have to worry about so
0: so wednesday at 1201 a.m eastern time
1: yes yeah yeah
0: all right thanks for being on (laughs) it's fun. <laughs> thanks for having me it's for fun. eight years yeah yeah no no i mean thank you for lending the viewers and myself your time for the past eight years i was very sick last week when i uh, recorded the show poor paul i can hear him burping out there i he has now got what I had last week, so I, I feel very bad. Badly burping?
1: It. So burping
0: is like it, it's I mean, my kids brought it back from school. It was some sort of like gastro thing that just it, it makes you like fart and burp, and then you'll wake up in the middle of the night and throw up a lot, and then you'll start to get better. So once you throw up, you're sort of passing my father in law just got it, my wife had got it, both the kids got it, oh, I God. got it, Paul had it. It's just going around.
1: I feel bad for doing the poop emoji.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not great news. But once you're able to, like, really get a good, boom, poop out of you, you'll be good to go. And then you start feeling better. I got all my energy back. I feel reinvigorated. Are you going to leave one of those life advice questions for me at thepatmayoexperience at (laughs) gmail.com?
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, but everybody else should. I, I actually got I a, have time.
0: I, I, I said it on Monday, and I got a few like really good ones so far. I got to pick and choose now which ones I want to answer. Is Barkley trying to get into the frame, or are you trying to eat your fusion <laughs> she, she,
1: food? She smells, she smells the fusion food.
0: Hi, Barkley.
1: <laughs> it's not fusion.
0: <laughs> Jake Seeley, at All In Kid. Check him out at theathletic.com. Thank you for being on. Also, if you want some free tickets into the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings this week, I'm doing a giveaway at noon eastern time on wednesday on my twitter account at the pme Uh, it's a super easy draw it will take literally less than five seconds to do if you're following me you'll see it pop up and boom the instructions will be up there so i recommend that you do that if you want to try to win a free entry into the millionaire maker sub to the newsletter as well because there's always giveaways in there smash like sub to the channel thank you for watching ranks in the description and up on dknation.com i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time EXPERIENCE!